I want to take just a few minutes, and I, it may not be so chilly in your car. Some of you may even have the engines running and the heaters going, but it's a little bit chilly right here. And these these guys and ladies, they have been troopers these last several weeks, and uh, no no less today. So we appreciate them coming and uh, leading us in worship. But I want to share just a little bit with you uh, from the Word this morning. Some of you may have watched our Facebook Live uh, time this past Wednesday night. Sarah and I have been bringing that to you uh, through the days of pandemic. And as we brought that to you, uh, I, I gave you a little precursor, if you would, that I would be preaching a message that asked a question, and that question is, does God ever lose control? Does God ever lose control? Now, most of us in our, uh, especially if you're here this morning or if you're listening or watching by Facebook Live and you're already a believer, your natural instinct is going to be say, no, he never loses control. But even during times of, of trials of life and pandemics such as we're in now, Sometimes we begin to question and we begin to wonder, well, what is about to happen or what is going to happen? Uh, my heart has really went out to small business owners, uh, self-employed people during this time because uh, I've read reports number of businesses that will probably close or cease to exist, and it's just devastating. And, you know, we have always been a country of, of entrepreneurism, and we've always... Uh, we've always prided ourselves as being a working country. And, and I, I look around and I think, there's people no doubt that are wondering how they will survive. What's going to happen in the future? And as I begin to think about that, I, you know, even sometimes I find myself becoming a little fearful. I find myself becoming worried. I find myself coming to the place where I begin to think, well, what is really going to happen? I want you to, if you have your Bibles with you or if you're using your phone or your uh, iPad, whatever it may be, I want you to go to Lamentations. And as we read from the Lamentations of, that Jeremiah wrote, we know that Jeremiah came through a very difficult season of life. Uh, he had a very difficult call, if you would. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was sort of a melancholy situation. To be called of God, he had a difficult call. Lamentations chapter 3, I'm going to read to you verse 37 and 38, reading from the New International Wording. The scripture says, who can speak and have it happen? And the next word there is if. So who can if? Who can speak and have it happen if the Lord has not decreed it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that both calamities and good things come? Two questions, two very important questions that, that Jeremiah asked of us. Who can speak and have it happen if the Lord is not Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that both calamities and good things come? In these verses of Scripture, I want you to, to look at me and see that we, it is indicated here about God's will. <laughs> but yet we see God's permissiveness. He uh, says that God allows. This, did God cause coronavirus and, or COVID-19 as it's called by many? 
Did God cause it? Uh, did God create it? Uh, probably not. That's my opinion for what it's worth. But did God allow it? We know that He has. We, we know that He could have stopped it. He could have prevented it. But yet God allowed it. You see, God also allowed Job in his trials of life. He allowed the trials and the temptations of Satan to come to Job. He allowed Job to, to lose everything he had, including his health. He allowed Job to lose his family. We know that, that God allowed Paul to be imprisoned. We allowed, he allowed Paul to be, uh, to, to be beaten and, and thrashed. He allowed Paul to be mistreated, even though that Paul is the, is the, a prominent author of what we call the scripture of the, the Holy Bible. It was, it was God's permissiveness that he allowed John to be beheaded. <clears throat> you see, in God's permissiveness, sometimes things happen that really don't seem like that it's our, our mindset or typically of what we think that God is or who He is. But in all of this, we have to also but realize that Jesus has made known His sovereignty. Jesus has made known who He is. Jesus, if you would, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. Jesus has made known His sovereignty. And there I take you to John chapter 19. And in John chapter 19, we read this down in the 10th and 11th verses. Jesus said, uh, or Pilate said to Jesus, he said, Do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you realize that I have power either to free you or to crucify you? But Jesus answered Pilate, and he said, You have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed over, handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. Understand this. Pilate, Pilate had no authority over Jesus other than which God the Father allowed him to have. This coronavirus, all of the unemployment, everything that's happening in the world. Uh, well, you know, I'm not trying to be political this morning, but... Some of the political decisions, some of the medical decisions, whatever it may be, listen to me and understand me very well. God has not lost control. He is still in, in charge, and that which will happen, He will work, and He will gain glory and praise and honor out of it. You see, Jesus later on, when Jesus was praying, Jesus said this. He said in Matthew 26, we find, He said, My Father... If it be possible, may this cup be taken away from me. If you read the King James, it says, let this cup pass from me. Jesus said if it was possible. Jesus knew in, in the capacity of the Father that it was possible. But he knew in the will of the Father it was impossible. But yet the Son trusted the Father and he trusted him for his life and he trusted him for his salvation. I was reading some. Uh, I was doing some research on this subject matter, and I ran across a statement that was written by, by theologian J.I. Packer. And J.I. Packer uh, defines providence in this way, God's providence. He says it's the unceasing activity of the Creator, whereby in overflowing bounty and goodwill, He upholds His creatures in ordered existence, guides and governs all events, circumstances, 
and the free acts of both angels and men, and direct everything to its appointed goal for His own glory. Do you realize this morning that God is in control? No matter what comes, no matter what what, what happens in this world, no matter what, what virus may come along, no matter what catastrophe may occur, God is still in control. Can somebody beat me an amen right now? God is in control. And in the sense that God is in control, I want you to understand that because God is sovereign and God is in control, that God gives constant care. God gives constant care to His creation. Three times, three times during the transition of leadership from Moses to Joshua, three times God decreed, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Decreed that three times. I, I had to think of that in the capacity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the fulfillment of who God is. God, God said three times, I will not leave you, and I will not forsake you. The psalmist, David, and we know he had his trials, he had his tribulations, some of them, many of them self-inflicted, but yet it was David that said, yea, that I walk through the valley. He didn't say that I stay in David knew as sure as there was a beginning of the valley, there would be an end of the valley. And he was only going through the valley. You and I need to catch a glimpse of that today and realize that we are not stuck in a predicament. We're not here. I talked to someone last night, a family a member of mine that lives uh, in a neighboring county, a good ways away actually. And, and my, my, my relative said, I don't think things will ever get better. I think they're going to stay this way forever. I choose not to believe that. I believe God has got something greater for us. It may not be the same as it was, but it will be different. And it will be what God's ordained for us in this season. There's been prophecies of words down through the years of awakenings that will occur, and maybe this is the time. I don't know. I can't say that for sure, but I believe that through all of this, God has got something greater for the church, and there is an awakening possibly that could be coming to the world, a stirring. We're already seeing it, because you know what? I I heard this twice on the news this week. Now, many of y'all, those of you that came Easter Sunday, you know, we gave every vehicle that came Easter Sunday a special gift, a roll of toilet paper. And we put you a little sticker on it that said, we thank you for coming to Voice of the Praise uh, Easter Sunday, something like that. And, and But you know, if you go in most stores right now, you cannot find any toilet tissue. It's, it's, hardly, it's not to be found. This blows my mind that it sells out and sells out so quickly. But two times this week, of commodity that has completely sold out in nearly every Walmart store, which is our largest retailer in America, and it's copies of the Scripture. It's copies of the Bible. The Bible has sold out. They tell me I've been in Walmart for a good while, but they tell me the the, the bookshelves in Walmart that normally uh, that normally provide. Shelving for the the Bibles that they're all empty. People are buying the Word of God. People are looking for hope. They're looking for something in this time of turmoil. We used to have that old saying back a ten or fifteen years or so ago. We used to have that old saying that said, "God is good all the time." 
And all the time, God is good. And He is. He is good. He is wonderful and He's gracious to us. So, I want to ask you a question. Does God ever lose control? Did God lose control? When we begin to think about the early Christians that were, that were martyrs for the cause of Christ, did God lose control? No. We think about the Hitlers and the Stalins that have terrorized the world. Did God lose control? Absolutely not. When we think about the, the siege of, of Pearl Harbor, when Pearl Harbor was attacked, a very dark day in the United States of America, did God lose control? When we, I think back not so awful many years ago, to 2004, there was a, a, an Asian tsunami that took place and over, over 200,000 lives were lost as that wave crashed into Sri Lanka. What, what was, did God lose control in all of that? Absolutely not. About 25 years ago, uh, this week, uh, a building out in Oklahoma City had a truck run into it that was loaded with bombs, and 168 people lost their life, and a building was destroyed. Was God not in control? On September 11th, over 2001, 3,000 people lost their lives. 25,000 other people suffered uh, injuries, and, and, and America experienced this devastation at a price tag that reached over $10 billion. Had God lost control? Absolutely not. And personally, for you, some of you, did God lose control when your loved one passed away? No, He didn't. Did God lose control when your spouse was unfaithful and maybe you went through a divorce? No, He didn't. Did God lose control when you had that miscarriage and you, you lost that, that baby that you so wanted? No, God didn't lose control. Did he look, did, did, had God lost, did God lose control when your kids, when your kids have been rebellious? No, he hasn't lost control. Was God out of control when you were sexually or perhaps physically abused? No, God is not out of control. Did God lose control when you were mistreated by other people? No. No, He didn't lose control at all. So I have to ask you, if God didn't lose control then, has God lost control now? COVID-19, coronavirus. Over 50,000, we're told, that have, have, have passed away now. Uh, and, and, and on every turn, there's overwhelming fear. Uh, if you turn the TV on, you're going to find fear. If you turn your radio on, you will find fear. If you turn your iPad or your iPhone, or if you've got one of those inferior uh, uh, Android products and you turn it on, then then you uh, you gather fear. You gather fear. We, 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 fear is being, being, being presented in, in our face in, in every way. But in the face of fear, has God lost control? Absolutely not. In, in the face of joblessness, joblessness, has God lost control? Absolutely not. He said he wouldn't see the righteous forsaken. He says he wouldn't see his seed begging for bread. And it's in all of the social unrest that is happening around us right now, uh, an increase is occurring because of the, of the pandemic. An increase is occurring in, in social and mental illness. There, there's, there's political jousting going on on every turn. It's, it's, 
It's everywhere we see, everywhere we listen. There's endless propaganda in our face. Has God lost control? Absolutely not. God is still in control. Can somebody toot me an amen? I want you to understand this with me this morning. You and I cannot allow ourselves to begin to measure God's sovereignty by our discomfort. Our, our discomfort is not a measure of how big our God is. It should, it should never have been, and, it, and hopefully it never will be. You see, because if, if, if our comfort zone is, is our measure of how big God is, then more than likely your God is not very big. Because we are going to find ourselves in discomfort. We're going to find ourselves in predicaments that are less than pleasurable. I looked at, at the examples in Scripture. I went back and I began to look at Genesis chapter 40. And, and we know the story of Joseph. Most of us do. And, and, and Joseph was blessed. Joseph had an anointing. He had a call upon his life. Yet we know that his own family forsook him and left him for dead, if you would. And, and he was sold into slavery. And in Genesis 40, you find there that he actually... All but begged the cupbearer, if you would, to release him, the king's cupbearer, and, and and it just wasn't, ha- it didn't happen. Nothing happened. It seemed like it seemed like that Joseph went from one crisis to another crisis to another crisis. But I want you to know, God's sovereignty was over the life of Joseph and working in the life of Joseph. Joseph, even though his life was uncomfortable, that God would use him as the rescuer of his people and a nation. When, when I begin to look at, and think about the Apostle Paul again, we know we've used it. We're Pentecostals, so I know we've used it. We've used that story about how Paul prayed in three times, God, remove this thorn that is in my flesh, this thing that is causing me discomfort, this thing that caused me pain. And three times the Lord spoke to Paul, and he said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for everything that you are going through. So we find and we understand that God's sovereignty is not measured by our discomfort. Even when it came to Jesus, it was on the cross. It was on the cross. And it was, it was when Jesus was at the, the seemingly end that he said, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Understand this. God's sovereignty, His presence cannot be measured and determined because we are or are not discomforted. Sovereignty of God, His sovereignty is established in His Word. When I read Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, I read there that the Son, the Son, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. I want to read that to you again. Hebrews 1 and 3, this is the New International wording. The sun, the S-O-N, not the sunshine. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Now, when you go to John chapter 1 and verse 14, you find there that Jesus declares of himself that he is the word made flesh. So we find that the scripture is teaching us 
and, and that 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 the sovereignty of God is established by His Word. The sovereignty of God that came to earth in the presence of Jesus Christ was the Word. The Word being made flesh. The Word. The sovereignty of God came to this earth to provide for our needs, to take care of us, and to bless us, and to care for us. Jerry Bridges, the the late Jerry Bridges, said this. He said, the scriptures teach us that we must believe that God is completely sovereign if we are to trust Him in adversity. You understand this? One of the greatest hopes, and we have several great hopes right now through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the hope of prayer. We have the hope of fellowship. We have we have the the confidence that uh, of our belief in God. But let me tell you something: more than anything that we have right now, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, His righteousness. And I find that the Word of God provides me with all the hope that I need in this hour. The Word of God prepares me and blesses me and gives me strength to go through the darkest of nights, the lowest of valley, to cross the highest of hills, whatever I need. If I will turn to the Word of God, I will find it. And not only will I find it, but so will you. Because the Word of God is the sovereignty of God. It's established. It's His Word. So the answer today is this. Does God ever lose control? The answer is no. God's always in control. But to counteract that, we must say, yes, God is in control. Yes, God is still in authority. He has never vacated the throne room of heaven. He has never left us. He has never expired. He is not on vacation. He has not vacated the premises. He has not taken a leave of absence. He he has not taken some break like some of our government offices does. But, But this is the thing about it. The Holy Spirit is alive and working right now. God is in control. The Holy Spirit is alive. And the Holy Spirit is not necessarily floating around here loosely today. But the Holy Ghost is living and working in us. It's His sustaining presence. God gave us. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send you another comforter, another presence. I will send you the Holy Ghost. Our advocate, His presence working in us, the sustaining presence of God. Therefore, we can fulfill, as the church, we can fulfill Matthew chapter 5. And in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, you are called to be salt and light in the world. And you know what? More than anything else in the world right now, even though the world might not in its entirety realize it, more than anything else, The world right now needs the church. The world needs the church. The church that is full of the Holy Ghost and praying and and pursuing God's will and His purpose. I believe the church right now has an awesome responsibility of spanning the gap between social unrest and and sickness and disease and, and, and everything else that's going on and the presence of God. I believe right now the call of intercession is increasing evermore. Each and every day, the call of intercession and the demands of intercession that the church needs to be pursuing God. We need to be praying for those that don't know how to pray. We need to be praying for those that, that, that have drifted far, far away from God or maybe they've never known Him before. So through Christ, 
and the working of the Holy Ghost, we, the church, are, we are the, if you would, we are called to be, and we serve as sustaining caregivers of the world. Not that we have any virtue within ourselves, not that we have any power within ourselves, but I read in the Scripture, when, when Jesus said that, He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So we are, we are a church that is empowered. We are a church that is equipped. We are equipped. We, because of the church, God is not losing control. Because of the church, God is working through us. And we are ministers into the world. We are the church. And we are to empower, we are empowered and we're to be out there reaching the world right now. The fields are white. Somebody needs you. Somebody needs you. Can somebody tune me an amen right now? Somebody needs you. Somebody needs this. Blue Well needs this church. Blue Well, Blue well needs all the other. The Baptist church. The Methodist church. Blue Well, Blue well needs every church all around us. Wherever you may be from. Amen. Yes. The church is needed more than ever before in this world. And I find this, as I bring this to a close. I, I mentioned Wednesday night in India. I'll bring it out again this morning. When I go to Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse seven, I find I find there in uh, Paul's descriptive terms the the authority, the God given, the equipping of the Holy Spirit authority that God has given. To the church. Because in Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica, he says in verse chapter 2, verse 7, he says, For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. You see, the Holy Ghost is given to the church. The Holy Ghost is given to us that we may have power, the Scripture declares, to be witnesses unto all men. But there is a day coming. I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm a little old, I'm not real old, I'm not near as old as Rick Black out there and a few others. But I've got, I'm getting a few years on me. I didn't grow up in Pentecostalism. I came along in the, a youth group when I was probably about 14 or 15. But I've been hearing Jesus is coming back now, uh, since back in the, uh, Back in the seventies, uh, mid seventies, I've been, I've heard, and I've read, and I've studied about the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have not seen that yet. I have not witnessed that yet. But I want you to know one thing: I'm a still, I'm still a believer in the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I still believe that there is a day forthcoming. That when the trumpet voice of God will sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those that are alive and remain will rise to meet that group of people in the air. And there we shall ever be with the Lord. I still believe in the rapture of the church. Is somebody with me today? And when, when, listen, when that day comes, when that twinkling of an eye moment occurs, let me tell you something. The presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that is given and does abide with the church and is the salt and the light of the, of the world and the earth right now, the Holy Spirit is going to depart with the church 
and then, and then the lawless will, will begin to work. But let me tell you something. We used to sing an old song that says, But until then, my heart will go on singing. But until then, until then, I'm going to keep worshiping Jesus. I'm going to keep praising Him. And until then, I've become faith to know that God does never lose control. God is always in control. And no matter what comes and what goes, today, what will happen tomorrow, what will happen the next day, let me reassure you, God is in control. I'm going to ask our praise team to start gathering back. And right now, you may be discouraged. You may, you may be a little frantic. You may be, maybe anxiety is overwhelming you right now. But I want to encourage you and let you know God is in control. God is in control. He is in control by the power of His Word. He is in control as He has filled His people, the church, with the Holy Ghost. God is in control because He is sovereign and He lacks nothing. God is in control of COVID-19. God is in control of the U.S. economy. God is in control of the world economy. God is in control of your home. Now, you may not be following Him like you should, you might, and, and you're walking in His mercy and graces and all of that. But, but God is working and God is ministering. But what He's wanting you to do is submit yourself to Him. He's wanting you and I to submit our, our griefs, our problems, our, our difficulties, our struggling. He's wanting us to submit them to Him. So right now, today, I want to ask you a question. You know, we usually say, bow your heads and raise your hands, and we can't do that today. But I just want to know how to pray for you. Right now, I want to ask you this question. Right now, if there's if there's things in your life, if there's something or things in your life that you know you need to surrender to God and let Him be in, take control and be in control over your life, I just want you to just turn your headlights on right now. Just put your headlight on. Just so I know I can pray with you. Is there anyone else? Just turn your headlights on right now so we know how to pray. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Anyone else? There's a few few headlights that have lit up on these cars. We're going to pray with you right now. Father, I pray for those who have responded today. I pray for those that are watching by social media live. I'm praying that, God, that you will minister and you will meet the needs, Lord. God, we live in a trying time right now, but we know that doesn't take you by surprise. It catch you off guard. You are not asleep. You are not on vacation because, God, you never lose control. You're always working. You're always abiding. The presence of the Holy Spirit abides in us, Lord. Therefore, Lord, we are never alone. So, God, I ask you right now, for those people that have indicated that they have needs, Lord, I just pray that right now that you will just impart into their lives your grace, your mercy, or touch them, bless them, heal their, heal their bodies, heal their minds, Heal their hurting hearts. God, I just pray that today we decree and declare, Lord, that your presence will just infiltrate the vehicle that they're setting in or the ones that are maybe watching or listening later in the week. God, whatever room, whatever vehicle they're in, God, that your presence will just infiltrate, Lord God, right where they're at 
and touch their life, Lord. Today, Lord, people are calling out to you. And Lord, as people are calling out to you, we find that, 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 that your arm is not short. Lord, we find that your ear is not deaf. Lord, we find that, Lord, that you are ministering and you are working and you are touching and you're meeting needs. God, you have never lost control. You have never lost control. And you never will. So, God, we declare and decree your blessing over every one of the lives, Lord, that have indicated they have a need today in the God, I pray for those that are sick this morning. I pray for Jimmy Black in the hospital. I pray for he and I pray for Connie. I pray for family members. I pray for the Barlows that have lost a loved one this week. God, I just pray that you will minister, Lord, comforting the lives of those who are hurting, Lord. God, let your spirit, let your spirit, Lord, settle upon them. So, God, once again, let us be encouraged in spirit. Let us be encouraged by your word. Jesus' name, amen.